Welcome back to another episode of Fireside Football. My name is Brennan Carpenter, and I am here with Dylan Price representing Empire Sports Media. Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy to be back. You know, we started off strong. We took last week's episode off because we normally record on Tuesday, Wednesday, and it was Blackout Tuesday, and we standed by with the uh, Black Lives Matter protests in solidarity with everything they're trying to accomplish. So we took last week off, but we're back this week with some really cool stuff to talk about, and I'm excited. So starting today, we will be discussing each division in the NFL a little more in depth. Today, we are starting with the NFC South, who has been in headlines a lot recently. Uh, I personally still have the Saints winning the division. Um, I think and even with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski uh, being some of the names joining the Buccaneers, it's the Saints division to lose. Um you know, they re-signed players such as Drew Brees, obviously, and linebacker Kiko Alonso. Uh, although they did also sign Emmanuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins, Jameis Winston to be the backup quarterback, and Ty Montgomery. I think this Saints team has been, you know, a little bit disappointed with how they've performed in the playoffs the past couple seasons, and I think they make maybe the final push here with Drew Brees at quarterback. How do you feel? Well, I kind of agree with you on that as well. I think that this team has been so good the past few years, but they haven't been able to win the big games when it comes to the playoffs. I had them around 11-5, and 10-6. and six. I think they're going to do really well. I think just the improved competition, though, in the NFC South is going to make it hard for them to win as many games as they did in it last year. Last year, they went 5-1 and one in the NFC South with Breeze when he was quarterbacking, and that contributed a lot to their win total, and they won 13 games last year. I do think that they're going to kind of struggle a little bit more this year, but they've improved a lot of depth. They've improved at quarterback a little more in depth because they lost Bridgewater. They improved at wide receiver in depth, and they've just tried to add more depth everywhere because one of their biggest issues when it comes to the playoffs is relying on some of these star guys like Michael Thomas, and then Michael Thomas gets double covered, and then you're relying on a guy like Traquan Smith or you know Ted Ginn Jr. in the past, and now this year they have Emmanuel Sanders, which could help a lot more as well. And I think this, you're right, is the last push, really, it feels like, for Breeze to win a ring because next year you really don't know what's going to happen and this is like the first year that the nfc south you know is going to have improved competition but i think that they're ready this year in terms of depth to be able to compete at a higher level in terms of the playoffs yeah now let's talk about some players to uh watch for this upcoming season maybe let's talk about one on offense one on defense for me my offensive player to watch is you know, it's a pretty big name in New Orleans, Alvin Kamara, the star running back. Uh, he missed two games last season due to injury. Not a big loss, but I expect him to bounce back after having a down year numbers-wise last season. Um, what about you? Who's your offensive player to watch? My offensive player to watch is a little bit of a weird one. I had Jameis Winston just in case Breeze went down, but my offensive player to watch really is Tommy Stevens. He was a quarterback at Mississippi State. He transferred there from Penn State. As a Penn State fan, I've watched him kind of be versatile over the past few years before he went to Mississippi State. And he's kind of used everywhere. He can be used at receiver, kind of like a Taysom Hill clone. And I think now you have a guy to pair with Taysom Hill in that quarterback room, as long as he makes the roster, who could be versatile at receiver, he could even be running back. You can kind of use him wherever. And adding more of those Swiss Army knives is just going to make Sean Payton more happy. And looking at him, I see somebody who could break out this year as another kind of Taysom Hill clone. Yeah, that could be a big addition, especially how we've seen Taysom Hill um, being used in the past and his impact on that offense um 
my defensive player to watch is someone else who's not really that small of a name per se is uh, Malcolm Jenkins, the safety. He came back to New Orleans where he played earlier in his career. He was with Philadelphia. Uh, I think Malcolm Jenkins is going to add a little more um, strength to the back end of that secondary, um, which has been so back and forth in the past couple seasons in consistency. But I think Malcolm Jenkins is going to uh, bring a nice veteran presence to that back end of the defense and really help them make that um, potentially last push to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I had Zach Bond originally, and as I've thought about it a little more, Zach Bond fell in the draft, which was surprising to me as Bond was one of my higher rated linebackers, and I think he's going to have success at some point in New Orleans, but just not yet. I do think the guy to watch for me is Marcus Davenport, the first round pick just a few years ago. Now this year could kind of grow a little more, and I could see him as a potential running mate for Cam Jordan, and I think this year you're going to see him grow, as there's not as much depth there at the edge rushing position in New Orleans, and I think alongside Jordan, he could have an opportunity to be in one-on-one matchups, and he was very, very good in those kind of matchups in college. He didn't have a lot of double or two-on-one matchups, and I really do think that Davenport's going to have an opportunity to have some success this year. Yeah, I really like that pick a lot. Now, it only seems right to follow up the Saints talking about the Buccaneers, who obviously signed Tom Brady and got Rob Gronkowski in this past offseason. I'm curious to see what your win expectations are uh, for the Buccaneers. Yeah, so a little bit close to New Orleans, I had Tampa at around 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. Surprisingly, I don't think they're going to run away with the division. I don't think they're going to have immediate success. I think that Brady has never been anywhere else. He's going to need to get acclimated to the team. I think that not only is he going to have to learn how to deal with a new team, I think they're going to have to deal with Brady. Brady is a polarizing player because he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. So you're going to have a lot of eyes on the team, and this is a team that's young, especially on defense. You've got guys like Antoine Winfield, Devin White, guys who are slept on and have been slept on, Vita Vea, and just a lot of guys who aren't getting a lot of notoriety. Now this year, all eyes are going to be on them and on the rest of the Bucks team, and they're going to be counted on to step up, and it's going to be more of seeing who's going to stick and who's going to be able to handle the big lights, and I don't know how they will right away. I do think they'll make the playoffs, though, as a wild card at around 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. Yeah, I think they uh, I think they make the wild card. Um, I don't see them winning that division, though. Um, now, obviously, they lost Brashad Perriman to the Jets this past offseason and Peyton Barber to the Redskins. Um, and being that Peyton Barber is gone, he split time with Ronald Jones at running back. And Ronald Jones is my offensive player to watch this upcoming season. He's kind of, the, you know, the man in charge of the running back group now. He's shown some ability in the past to uh, be an all-purpose back. He can catch. He can run between the tackles. He can push it outside on occasion. So to me, Ronald Jones is the player to watch. I don't expect him to have a breakout season per se. I expect him to have a solid season and um, help Brady get acclimated to Tampa Bay. Who's your offensive player to watch? Well, you just talked about running backs. One guy I want to pinpoint, he's not my guy to watch, but Keyshawn Vaughn, first off, great name. Second, he's dynamic, speedy, and could be the kind of change of pace back that they didn't have when they were doing Peyton Barbara and Ronald Jones. Not my guy to watch, though. I think O.J. Howard's the guy to watch. They don't have a true slot receiver and a number three guy. You have Godwin, you have Evans, and then you have now Gronk as a weapon as well at tight end. I think they're going to rely a lot on two tight end sets, which is going to give Howard the opportunity to 
to open up some reps, and with Gronk now, he's going to be slept on, I think, a little bit by defenses, and he's so dynamic that I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to explode this year and have a breakout year with a lot less eyes on him at tight end, as long as he's on the roster, because a guy like him and Cameron Brake could be expendable if they decide to trade them for some assets, but I think OJ Howard is the guy to watch for the Bucks because of the opportunity with two tight end sets. Yeah, I think O.J. Howard is a great pick here. O.J. Howard has an extremely high ceiling at tight end. He's athletic. He can block. He can push the ball. Um, he can push the offense downfield. Uh, now, if O.J. Howard ends up staying with the Buccaneers, there's obviously been some speculation on if he would get traded or not. If he stays, I think having him and Gronk in two tight end sets could be a very dangerous um, part of that offense that's already loaded with, like you said, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Now, me and you agree on our defensive player to watch. We both picked Devin White. Why do you think Devin White is a good player to watch this upcoming season? Well, I just talked about the bright lights that are going to face this Bucks team this year. A lot of primetime games, a lot of eyes on them with the GOAT on their team. And I think that Devin White was a high pick that was kind of unexpected that high just two years ago. And I think that Devin White last season flashed a lot of promise, especially late in the season. I think now he's going to have a full offseason under his belt, working with Todd Bowles in that defense. And I think he's the kind of quarterback of that defense that Bowles wanted at middle linebacker when he was coaching the Jets. And now he's got Devin White there. And I think Devin White is just going to be able to expand his role with the more young team this year they got a lot younger too on defense and I think the Devin White's can have an expanded role and a big opportunity to shine this year and I think Devin White's a guy to watch for now before we move on here I'd like to stay with the Bucks for a little bit um I'm curious to see me and you are both Jets writers for Empire Sports Media and we've been dealing with Tom Brady running the AFC East for it seems like forever now we saw what Brady did with the Patriots last season. He didn't have um, solidified weapons around him seemingly all season. He had Julian Edelman. He had um, Sony Michelle. But that Patriots offense was clearly depleted. Now that he has a number one receiver in Mike Evans and a number two in Chris Godwin, who could actually be a number one on some other teams, paired with Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, if they all stay. Do you think Tom Brady gets back to a season that puts him in the talk for top quarterbacks playing-wise, not just career numbers-wise, but how do you see his season overall compared to how it's been the past one or two seasons in New England? Yeah, well, you just mentioned there that there's been a bit of a dip in production as of last year as well, and that has been contributed to lack of weapons, but you got to not forget Brady is getting older and although I want to believe and I think a lot of people want to believe as fans of the sport that he's timeless Brady's getting older and his domination over the NFL can't last forever and I think that there's going to be definitely an improved production between last year but I don't think he's going to go to the level of being one of the top quarterbacks I think there's going to be a jump in production but there's going to be having to get acclimated with the team and also the fact that last season although it was blamed on the weapons there was also a dip in production of Brady because of the way he was throwing the football there wasn't as much velocity on it as there used to be and it just looked like there were some aspects of Brady's game that he was struggling a little more last year and I think a year or two left in his career 
and I think that this year you're going to see a little bit of a dip in, I guess, overall play, but I think production-wise, you're going to see much better numbers as he's going to have more weapons around him to expand and throw the ball to and even be able to take some of the pressure off him because it felt like all the pressure was on him last year, and Sony Michel didn't have as big of a role either, and I think that overall just more weapons is going to have increased production but not vault him to the level of top playing quarterbacks because his age is starting to hinder him i believe right and speaking about tom brady i think there could not have been a better head coach for him to link up with after bell belichick than bruce arians who has coached his fair share of pro bowl quarterbacks throughout his career like peyton manning ben roethlisberger andrew luck and carson palmer who played well with Arians in Arizona. So I think Arians and Brady are going to be a a very nice duo uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, after the Buccaneers, uh, it's tough for me to pick here between either the Falcons or the Panthers uh, finishing third in that division. For me, I mean, I think the Falcons, obviously, a a couple seasons ago were in the Super Bowl. Um with their heartbreaking defeat to Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I think they have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley at uh, wide receiver. They signed um, Todd Gurley, who has had his fair share of uh, knee problems the past couple seasons, so we'll see how he plays. But they also lost Vic Beasley, Desmond Trufant, and Austin Hooper. So if the Falcons were to try to finish, I don't think they could finish above New Orleans or Tampa Bay, but if they were to finish third in that, division is that something that you can see them doing and what would they have to do to get there i think the difference between atlanta and carolina is the trajectories new or not new england carolina is on the upwards trend i think they have a new head coach a new quarterback and just a new opportunities and a brighter future however i think that atlanta is in the opposite spot you have a head coach who has been in a little bit of a downward spiral since that Super Bowl run, and this is a make-or-break year for him, and I think that he needs a big year, and I think that, honestly, a lot of players on that team need a big year. How much longer is Julio going to be able to play, and how much longer is he going to waste his prime years in a team that seems to be no clear sense of a direction? If they can pick it up this year, this is going to be an opportunity to succeed, but I think that, I just think that Carolina, to me, would be number three because I think that Rule is going to have that team turned around, even if they struggle early. And I think Atlanta needs a new head coach before they're going to be able to have some more success. Okay, so since you have Carolina finishing third, let's stick with Carolina for a little bit. Obviously, they have moved on from Cam Newton, who is still a free agent, looking for his next home. He said that he would settle for a backup job in the right circumstances. But Carolina is now going to be led by Teddy Bridgewater, who finally got that contract he so desperately wanted working his way back from injuries. Along with Teddy Bridgewater, they also signed Russell Okung, Eli Apple on at cornerback, Robbie Anderson, the wider, speedy wide receiver from the New York Jets, and wide receiver Seth Roberts. How do you see this Carolina offense moving forward, obviously led by the all-purpose running back Christian McCaffrey, now with Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, Seth Roberts, and of course they still have DJ Moore at the other wideout spot. 
Yeah, I really think this offense has a chance to take a jump. I think that last season, you know, not having Cam Newton, they had Kyle Allen, and that's not the kind of quarterback that would fit a team with this many assets. I think that Kyle Allen was good, but he was average because he was more of a pocket presence. Bridgewater is a pocket passer, but he's also got some mobility that I think is a little bit slept on. And although, yeah, he had the leg injury a few years ago, I think he proved a little bit last year in New Orleans that there's still mobility there. And I think that he's giving... Being given the opportunity with all these pieces around him, you just mentioned Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, um, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, and just so many pieces around him, a good team, a good head coach who wants to put his faith in him, and I think this is a make-or-break year for Bridgewater because he proved that last season he can be a good quarterback with New Orleans. Now he's getting a year. He's getting 16 games to prove his worth and fight back and fight for a true starting job in the NFL, and if he can do that, I think this offseason has going to be is going to be crucial to everything that they've accomplished. I think that adding Anderson gives Bridgewater another weapon because DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are also speedy, and I think that Bridgewater throws a good deep ball. That's going to be a nice aspect of it. But I think overall what I'm getting at here is Bridgewater and that whole offense has an opportunity to take a jump, and I think that overall that offense is going to grow a lot throughout the season and have some success. Now, we talked about the offense. Um, They did lose Greg Olson. Uh, I don't think that will impact them that greatly, though. Now, on defense, they lost Bruce Irvin, Don Terry Poe, and James Bradbury is now with the New York Giants. Do you see this defense taking a step back? How do you see this defense faring against quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and even Matt Ryan in the NFC South? I actually really like this defense, and I like a lot of what they did in the offseason, specifically the draft. They loaded up heavy on defense picks. They added... Um, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, uh, Kenny Robinson, Troy Pye Jr., and they added a lot to the secondary and the defensive line. They're trying to add depth and young pieces, and I think that maybe not this season, but definitely in the future, that defense is going to be a force to be reckoned with as long as that secondary can grow together and that defensive line can also grow together. Yeah, I think Troy Pride uh, was a great pick. I had him in my mock drafts as wherever he was taken, because he was expected to be a later-round pick. I expected him to be a steal for whoever got him. Now, I hope Matt Rule um, can do good things for this Carolina team. I know there's always a lot of hype and excitement around new head coaches entering the league. I think Matt Rule uh, is going to be a nice fit in Carolina. I think he suits this team well. Now, for our players to watch, uh, for me on offense, I stuck with the former Jet, Robbie Anderson. He wanted more money. He got it in Carolina. Um, we can see now how he plays with that new contract. In uh, New York last season, he had a bit of a down season. Now in Carolina, he's surrounded by so many more weapons on the outside that um, have experience in Carolina, like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, who is just a beast everywhere you play him. So I think Robbie Anderson's the player to watch on offense. I don't expect him to be near the 1,000-yard mark. I expect him to be in the 800 to 900 range. He's a deep threat guy. I think he could help Teddy Bridgewater get the ball downfield. Who is your offensive player to watch uh, in Carolina and why? Well, I have another former Jet, Teddy Two Gloves. I just talked about him a little bit. I think that this is his real chance to be a starting quarterback in the league after everything that happened in Minnesota. Fought his way back, ended up in New York, then New England or not New England, New Orleans, and now he's got a true shot to win a starting job and be the franchise quarterback, and I think he's going to have some success. Now on defense, my player to watch is safety Trey 
Boston. I believe Trey Boston is the most underrated safety in the NFL. Last season, according to Pro Football Focus, he had the highest forced incompletion rate out of every safety in the NFL and the the fourth highest coverage grade among safeties. So I think Trey Boston is the player to watch. I think he pushes himself into the category for maybe not top five, at least top ten safeties in the NFL. I think people are going to be talking about him a lot this upcoming season. Who is your defensive player to watch? Well, I mentioned a little earlier how I like the secondary with Eli Apple, Troy Pride, Chin, Robinson, Jackson. A lot of young players who whoever sticks is going to get the opportunity to be a long-term fixture in that secondary. But my guy to watch is Brian Burns. Last season, seven and a half sacks in his rookie year, 25 tackles, five TFLs. He put up pretty solid numbers. Only started, though, five games of all the 16 he played. I think this year he's going to have an expanded role, going to get to start a lot more, won't just be a rotational pass rusher, and have a true opportunity to be the dynamic franchise pass rusher that Carolina really needs. And now having Derek Brown, too, is going to open up more opportunity for him, and I really like what Brian Burns has the opportunity to do next season. What is your prediction for the Carolina Panthers' uh, final record this upcoming season? I think that there's a lot of upside with the potential record. I had it at six and ten when around seven and nine, but six and ten. But I do believe that there's a lot of upside where they could end up being a surprise nine and seven team or a surprise eight and eight team and around average. And I think that that's about where they could fall, but to average below average record. But I had six and ten, and you'll see why when I talk about Atlanta in a little bit. But I think that uh, Carolina's got a lot of opportunity to improve that record. But six and ten is where I sit. Well, that brings us to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, in free agency, lost Vic Beasley, Desmond Trufant, and perhaps the biggest loss that they had was tight end Austin Hooper, who was a big part of that offense. However, they did sign Dante Fowler for their defensive front, and they signed running back Todd Gurley, who was in the Super Bowl with the Rams not too long ago. Gurley has had his fair share of knee problems. Um, We'll see how he bounces back with Atlanta and how he can help out that offense already led by Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. How do you feel about the Falcons this upcoming season? I think that, you know, started touching on it a little bit before, but I think Atlanta is in a spot where this really is a make-or-break year for Dan Quinn, and they've just kind of been in a spot where they're not going forward and they're not going backwards. And I think that this is either going to be a year where they take a big step backwards or take a big step forwards. And I really think this year they take a step backwards with Quinn at head coach. I think this is it for him at head coach. And I think that they'll go somewhere else and give Matt Ryan and Julio a shot to have a good team come 2021 and a chance to really contend. But I think this year is it for Quinn and that's going to show in their record. Yeah, I agree. I think if the Falcons aren't pushing for a wild card spot this season, Dan Quinn uh, has coached his last season in Atlanta, and obviously, I don't, I don't see them pushing for a playoff spot. I mean, they're playing in a tough division this year with Brady joining the Buccaneers and Drew Brees and the Saints. Obviously, the the power horse in that division. Um, how do you feel about Matt Ryan this upcoming season? Like, um, like you said, they haven't been moving forward. They haven't been going backward. They've kind of been stuck in the middle. Matt Ryan has put together somewhat consistent numbers the past couple seasons, although it hasn't necessarily led to a large number of wins. Do you think Matt Ryan can help this? Like, how do you feel about Matt Ryan with, like I said, Todd Gurley joining and obviously Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley? Do you see him staying the same? Do you see him making a jump and 
ultimately having Dan Quinn um, look better than he has in the past couple seasons. I think Matt Ryan is going to have a decent year next year. I think it's going to be kind of, though, along the lines of what he has had. He's been around, you know, the 5,000, 4,000-yard mark, been very good, been productive, as you stated, but it's just not led to anything, and I think that's kind of the overwhelming sentiment you get when you talk about the Falcons as a whole, that you've got guys putting up good production like Ryan and it just not leading to anything so where is the problem and I think that that's where Quinn fits in I think you get an offensive minded head coach there come 2021 Matt Ryan is going to take a big jump and maybe get back to that MVP level and he's 34 now going to be 35 by the end of next season he's not got a ton of time left and I think you kind of wasting a year this year that I think will be productive but just not take the jump to where he was in 2016. Right, and no fault to the offense here. The offense has been putting up uh, points game in and game out, but it seems like at least a handful of times, I don't know about you, but I've noticed the Falcons scoring, you know, 30, 35 points, and they lose the game. Um, and that's that's partly on the defense, too. I mean, their defense has been, let's just say, not the best in the NFL the past couple seasons. They've been very inconsistent. Like I said, they lost Vic Beasley and Desmond Trufant. Um The past two seasons, too, uh, they haven't had their safety, Keanu Neal, who's actually my defensive player to watch for the Falcons this upcoming season. He played just three games last season and one game the season before due to injuries. Um, when he's been on the field, he's been very productive for the Falcons. He's been somewhat of a backbone um, on the back end of the secondary. I think if Keanu Neal can stay healthy, it's going to really help this defense. Um, and I think that Keanu Neal is going to have a very nice season um, once the season begins. So my defensive player, I also completely agree on Neal. I like him a lot. My defensive player was Isaiah Oliver. I just think that there's a lot of upside this year, especially if Neal comes back and he's playing good, to lock down a real role as one of their top corners. And talking about defense a little bit, also on a little bit weirder note, a guy I'm watching for is Young Hoo Ko. He's a really good kicker, and he's been very good the last few years, and he could take that jump to one of the top kickers in the NFL. Random kind of guy to watch, but while we're talking about guys who I can't really pinpoint a real breakout player, but Oliver and Co. are two guys I kind of like. Yeah, you're going to raise some eyebrows with that (laughs) offensive pick. Uh, My offensive player to watch is Todd Gurley. Um, No-brainer here, in my opinion. He was a star running back for the Rams uh, before the knee problems started to arise. Um, Recently, they did a test on his knee. They said everything looks good. His knee feels strong. But just saying that walking around practicing is one thing and playing in-game action is a completely different monster. So we'll see how the knee deals this upcoming season. Hopefully for him and the Falcons, it it lasts and he can get back to his very productive form so one more time dylan we talked about the saints winning the division uh one more time what is your predicted record for the Saints? 11 and 5 is about where i sit for them we both have the buccaneers finishing second with tom brady and gronk potentially pushing for a wild card spot and you had them at 10 yeah and six? 10 and 6 about around there maybe 9 and 7 but 10 and 6 is about where i stand them third we had the carolina panthers this was tough for me uh, i think the panthers and the falcons could both potentially uh win that third spot um what is your predicted record for the panthers i have them at 7 and 9 or 6 and 10 i think i'm gonna sit with 6 and 10 though for carolina 
Yeah, seven and nine sounds good to me. I have the Panthers at seven nine and the Falcons at six and ten. I think um, whatever the Panthers finish, I see the Falcons finishing one game behind them. Um, so for me, the Falcons are at six and ten. Um, what about? I actually you? have them at five and eleven. And one thing I forgot to mention though, because I was talking about my love for Young Huko, is I really like their offensive line. They have a lot of young guys. Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry are a few guys to pinpoint there. And I think at some point they will grow, but I think this year is going to suck for them because of kind of being in a standstill. So I think I have them at five and eleven is about where I sit for Atlanta. All right. So once again, the final standings we have the Saints. Buccaneers, Panthers, and Falcons. Certainly a lot to look forward to in the NFC South this upcoming season. Two, two, maybe three big-name quarterbacks in the division. Teddy Bridgewater now finally got his money, has a full-time starting role. So we will see what happens in this division. Thank you for joining us. Once again, my name is Brennan Carpenter. You can find me on Twitter at BrendanCarpESM. And I'm joined here by Dylan Price. Dylan, tell the people where they can find so you. You can find me at Dylan Price 27 on Twitter. And yeah, that's about it. Thank you for joining us. We are presented by Empire Sports Media, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening.